الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأن محمدا عبده ورسوله قال الله تعالى بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وابتغ فيما آتاك الله الدار الآخرة ولا تنس نصيبك من الدنيا وأحسن كما أحسن الله إليك ولا تبغ الفساد في الأرض إن الله لا يحب المفسدين صدق الله العظيم Respected ulama, elders, brothers, mothers and sisters that may be listening from home Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Hazrat Mufti Shafi' Uthmani rahimahullah prepared a paper that was presented at the International Islamic Conference in Rawalpindi, Pakistan in February of 1968. And in there Mufti Saab wrote that the distribution of wealth is one of the most important and controversial subjects concerning the economic life of man which has given birth to global revolutions in the world today. Wealth is an extremely important part of our lives. And it is a key ingredient towards our survival in this world. It is the system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we require wealth to purchase the basic necessities of life. However, we generally have the incorrect understanding of wealth, what is wealth, and what is the shari'i perspective, what is the Islamic perspective on wealth. And the main reason for this is that from a global perspective, we have grown up and become accustomed to a perspective on wealth and economics that is not entirely in conformance with Islamic principles. So what is the economic philosophy in the Sharia? Islam is opposed to monasticism. Islam is opposed to becoming a monk, to going out and living in the mountains or in the jungles and turning one's back on this dunya. Rather, Islam views the economic activities of man as lawful, as virtuous, as meritorious, and in some cases, even obligatory. There's a hadith of Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiyallahu an, wherein Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that ba'd al-fariḍa, that the seeking and earning of halal wealth is an obligation, a compulsion after the other obligations. Meaning that secondary to the primary obligations of salah, of fasting, etc., certain individuals in society are obligated to go out and seek halal livelihood. 
But, and the very big but, which distinguishes the Islamic view of economic philosophy from the materialistic view of economics is that seeking wealth, accumulating wealth is not the ultimate objective in life. Sharia has not made the acquisition of wealth yours and my purpose in life. This is the fundamental difference between Islamic economics and conventional or materialistic economics where the be-all and end-all of life is acquisition of wealth and economic development. There's a beautiful ayah in the Qur'an Majid wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala very aptly summarizes the Sharia philosophy on economics and particularly understanding this concept of wealth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, وَابْتَغِ فِي مَا آتَاكَ اللَّهُ الدَّارَ الْآخِرَةَ وَلَا تَنْسَ نَصِيبَكَ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا That seek from that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed you with, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you, what should you seek? You should seek the abode of the akhirah. So number one, the main objective of wealth is that it is a means for us to attain our akhirah. We live in this world of means and like we need to breathe in the air, we need to eat food to survive, we need to drink water to survive. These are the means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created for us for survival in this world. But they are not the objective. If a person has to say that my objective, that is incorrect. Eating is simply there to assist us in this journey. And in the same way wealth and our relationship with wealth is simply there to assist us in this journey towards the Akhirah. So the first real nature and objective of wealth in Islam is that it aids us in seeking the abode of the Akhirah. But at the same time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions وَلَا تَنْسَ نَصِيبَكَ فِي الدُّنْيَا That you should not forget your share in this world. Meaning that you need to go out, you need to exert your efforts, you need to earn wealth to survive in this dunya. So as much as the objective is primarily achieving the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His pleasure in the akhirah, as much as in, it is that, but you have to remember that you do have an obligation in this world as well. The second lesson that we learn from this particular ayah with regards to wealth is that wealth is the property of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَبْتَغِ فِي مَا آتَاكَ اللَّهِ that seek from that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed you with. Meaning that it is not your wealth. You have not acquired it as a result of your efforts. In fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when mentioning the story of Qarun, who was one of the richest people that lived ever in history, that he, Qarun, said, إِنَّمَا أُوْتِيتُهُ عَلَىٰ عِلْمٍ عِنْدِي That he rejected the favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he said that I have been given all of this wealth as a result of my knowledge, as a result of my efforts. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about spending on one's family, on one's spouse, وَآتُوهُمْ مِمْ مَالِ اللَّهِ الَّذِي آتَاكُمْ That give them from the wealth of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which He has bestowed upon you. So this wealth is not ours, but rather it is the property of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
the people of Shu'ayb salam, when they rejected him, one of the objections that they raised, they said that, قَالُوا يَا شُعَيْبُ أَصَّلَاتُكَ تَأْمُرُكَ أَن نَتْرُكَ مَا يَعْبُدُ آبَاؤُنَا أَوْ أَن نَفْعَلَ فِي أَمْوَالِنَا مَا That firstly, you wish for us to leave that which our forefathers were worshipping. But in addition to that, you are telling us that we are not able to do what we wish to do with our own wealth. You are telling us that we cannot do what we wish to do with our own wealth. So the second point with regards to the economic philosophy of the Sharia is that we have to bring this realization that this is not my wealth. It is the wealth that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed upon me. Ulama mentioned that the reason why, or one of the reasons why wealth is truly the property of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and it is not yours and mine to do with as we please, is because man only has the ability to exert his labor. But the real person or the real being that is responsible for creating the fruit of that wealth is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We read in Surah Al-Waqiyah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, أَفَرَأَيْتُمْ مَا تَحْرُثُونَ That, have you seen, or what do you think about that seed that you sow? أَأَنْتُمْ تَزْرَعُونَهُ أَمْ نَحْنُ الزَّارِعُونَ Are you the one that causes that seed to germinate, to grow, to become a plant, to bring, bring produce that you can then use, you can sell, that nourishes you? Are you the one that causes it to grow? Or is it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that causes it to grow? So this is the reason why wealth is the property of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now the third point, since wealth is the property of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how we earn it and how we spend it has to be according to the dictates of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions later on in this verse, وَأَحْسِنْ كَمَا أَحْسَنَ اللَّهُ إِلَيْكَ that do good. When it comes to this wealth, what should you do? Do good. Just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has done good to you. Meaning, that included in this wealth is a share and a right of the less fortunate. You should be spending on those who are less fortunate and this is a right that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed in your wealth. And we will discuss this a little bit later, inshaAllah. And in addition to this, وَلَا تَبْغِلْ فَسَادَ فِي الْأَرْضِ Do not spend the wealth in such a way that you will cause corruption on this earth. Do not spend the wealth in a way that you will cause corruption in this earth. And we see today this philosophy of capitalism, which is totally in opposition to the Islamic philosophy, where man has an unbridled and unrestricted right to wealth to do what he pleases, how he pleases, and where he pleases. That is the one extreme. And on the other side, you have the philosophy of socialism, which totally disregards the concept of private property. All wealth is owned by the state. Mufti Shafi Sahib mentions that the true haq, the true Islamic economic philosophy, lies in between these two extremes. Meaning that Islam recognizes your right to private ownership of wealth your earning of wealth. But it is not unrestricted. It is not unbridled. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent down certain things that you will have to follow with regards to this wealth. 
So now that we have understood the reality of wealth in Islam, let us turn our attention to the distribution of wealth in Islam. When it comes to the distribution of wealth in Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not guaranteed that every one of us will be rich. Rather, the first objective of the distribution of wealth in Islam is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seeks to have economic harmony. The true forces of supply and demand need to be at play. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that we have distributed for them the share of their livelihood in the life of this world. And we have raised some of them. Some of you we have raised above others in rank. Why? So that some of you may take work from others. Some of you will be the employees. Some of you will be the employers. This is the economic system that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seeks to have a balanced system. It should not be that we artificially adjust the supply and demand. It should not be that wealth is kept amongst a few as we see it today. So that is the first objective. The second with regards to the distribution of wealth is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has stipulated those who have the primary right to wealth and those who have the secondary right to wealth. Who are those that have the primary right to wealth? Those are the people that exert their efforts, they work or they invest their capital in a business venture or in some sort of trade. They have the primary right to the wealth. But in addition to this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prescribed others, which we discussed earlier, who have a secondary right in your wealth. These are people who do not exert their efforts because they are unable to perhaps. Or they do not invest their capital because they don't have their capital. But they are those who are less fortunate. They are those who are weaker in society. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has stipulated a share in your wealth for these individuals. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the qualities of the good believers... One of the qualities he describes and he mentions, وَالَّذِينَ فِي أَمْوَالِهِمْ حَقٌّ مَعْلُومٌ These are people who in their wealth is a stipulated portion. For whom? لِسَّائِلِ وَالْمَحْرُومٌ For those who ask, for those who require the assistance, and those who are less fortunate. So in Sharia, there are many, many different categories of people whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has stipulated as those who have a secondary right in your wealth. The largest and broadest category are the recipients of zakat. A person that possesses wealth, two and a half percent of that wealth is stipulated from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exclusively for the recipients of zakat. In addition to that, we have sadaqatul fitr, we have uh, lilla and sadaqa, we have uh, virtuous charity that we can give out, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us amazing benefits for those who carry those out. Then you have nafaqat. You have those individuals whom you are obligated to support. There are certain people in society that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has appointed them that you have to go out and you have to earn. For example, a man of the household has to go out and earn and support his spouse or spouses and he has to support his uh, uh, under, uh, uh, underage children. This is a right that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed in your wealth. This is something that you cannot shy away from. 
Then you have inheritance. When you pass away in Islam, you do not have the right to determine who you can give the wealth to. Rather, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already predetermined certain individuals who have a right in the wealth that you have earned. And finally, one of the objectives of the Islamic economic system is to prevent the concentration of wealth amongst a small group of people. The objective, the economic objective of the Sharia is to try and reduce the disparity between the rich and the poor. To try and reduce the disparity between the rich and the poor. It means that wealth, industry should not be monopolized by a select group of people. Unfortunately, we do not have time to go into the details of all the aspects that relate to the Sharia philosophy on economics and the distribution of discuss today. Firstly, Islam recognizes the importance of wealth in the life of a believer. And Islam has made earning livelihood an obligation after the other obligations in Sharia. Despite this obligation, Islam has not made the acquisition of wealth the primary objective of man in this life. Rather, it is a means for us to achieve and attain our akhirah. If we earn and we spend according to the Sharia, we will be successful in the akhirah. And if we don't, we will be unsuccessful. Then we need to understand that all of the wealth is owned and is in the possession of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not my wealth. It is not something that I have acquired because of my intelligence, my business acumen, my ability to see that business opportunity. Rather, it is the favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon us. And because it is the favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon us, then from His side, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has stipulated that there are certain people that have a share in that wealth that we are obligated to spend upon. And in addition to that, we should not be spending our wealth in a manner that causes corruption, that causes fitna and fasad in this world. Respected elders and brothers, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the correct understanding of wealth. Each and every one of us, we have a love for wealth. We have a love for the accumulation of this dunya. This is part Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Sharia is not preventing us from going out and seeking a halal livelihood. But we need to bring the correct understanding of wealth. We need to bring the correct understanding of the Islamic philosophy of economics in our lives so that we do not lose our bearing. So that we do not follow those economic uh, uh, interventions and policies that cause fitna and fasad in the world as we see it today where you have the concentration of wealth amongst a few where the disparity between the rich and the poor is increasing all of these things the sharia is trying to prevent as a result of its philosophy may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the correct understanding wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin